Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti. Welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. We're heading into week 14 with the worst defending Super Bowl champ in history, the LA Rams hosting the Raiders tonight in Thursday Night Football. We'll get you some picks coming up. We have a couple return guests, RG3, Robert Griffin III, and Emmanuel Acho are here. Always great to catch up with both. Stay tuned for the conversations. Big news this week. The Titans fired GM John Robinson in his seventh season, despite leading the AFC South with no real challengers. They're going to win that division. Von Miller will indeed actually miss the rest of the season because of his knee injury. That's a big blow to Buffalo. The Bills just passed the Chiefs for the number one seed, and they needed Miller to be able to continue in January with a real hope to play for the Super Bowl. They're still a leading Super Bowl contender. And then Odell Beckham Jr.'s rehab from a knee injury apparently is a concern to the Cowboys, or that's what they leaked. Now, Odell suffered an ACL tear in the Super Bowl, and he doesn't want to work out for teams, so of course it should be a concern. He's also only 10 months removed from an injury that it usually takes 9 to 12 months to recover and then even longer for guys to get back to feeling close to normal. Just take a look at how Chris Godwin has slowly worked his way back for the Buccaneers and he suffered his ACL injury last year in December. So we'll see how this plays out for Odell Beckham Jr. Griffin III played seven seasons for Washington, Cleveland, and Baltimore. A significant knee injury slowed down what was going to be a, it was a promising career. He was the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2012. He made the Pro Bowl that season, but after that knee injury, RG3 wasn't quite the same. He's doing an excellent job as an analyst on ESPN. He joined me on behalf of the 2022 All-State AFCA Good Works team. Robert, from your perspective, which quarterbacks this season in college football have really stepped up? I know you've had an opportunity to see college, you see pros, you see it all. So as an analyst, as a guy who's taking a look every Saturday and Sunday, who has stepped up for the draft? Oh, for the draft, man. Um, Everybody wants to say Caleb Williams, but obviously Caleb's got to go back. So he's not he's not going to be eligible. Um, Max Duggan's an interesting case because of, of what he's been through. Uh, in college, you don't know if he's going to you know, go pro. He can still go back for another year. I think he probably should go back for another year um, just to enjoy what he's done uh, at TCU. And you don't know how high a draft pick that he's possibly going to be. I think this year has been overshadowed by the guys that aren't going to be eligible, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May. They've had some great years, um, but it still comes down to, to CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Those are the two guys that – I have the most talent. CJ's got all the measurables that everybody wants, the the size, the arm strength, the ability to process. Bryce has all of that with a little more athleticism, but less height. So I, I just interesting to see how teams kind of hold that against Bryce. And then you've got your guys like Will Levis at Kentucky, who everyone wants to compare to Josh Allen, but no one knew that Josh Allen would become what Josh Allen has become uh, at this point in his career. Uh, I just look at Hendon Hooker and I say, man, I know Hendon Hooker's like 65 years old, but at the end of the day, the guy's got one of the best deep balls in all of college football. He processes extremely well. And I wonder if a team will look at him and say, all right, he's not going to play next year because of his knee injury, 
But this guy's a special talent. And when he does get healthy, he could be our quarterback of the future. I wonder if a team's willing to do that for Hendon Hooker because his whole journey through college football and transferring and what he was able to do at Tennessee is a fascinating storyline. Yeah, it makes sense for a team that doesn't need an immediate fix. Uh, looking at the NFL, we've seen some guys like Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavailoa, elevate yep. their game, Robert. Who have you seen in the NFL that's impressed you the most if you had to single out just one guy? Wow. Um, you know, I, sometimes people get caught up with being right, and I, I'm not trying to be one, one of those guys, but I felt like both Tua and Jalen um, were going to have massive jumps this year. And the reason I felt that way is because they had no choice. The Eagles set themselves up to be able to select a quarterback next year if Jalen Hurts didn't perform. And what did they do? They went and got him A.J. Brown. They didn't just go get A.J. Brown because he's one of Jalen Hurts' best friends. They went and got A.J. Brown because if it didn't work out with Jalen, they believed it was going to work out with whatever quarterback they drafted the next year. So the Eagles have just done a phenomenal job of, of, of processing it and saying, we got to go get defensive help. Boom. Let's go get CJ Gardner, John, uh, Johnson Gardner. We, we need offensive help. Let's go get uh, AJ Brown because we know we have an offensive line that can get it done. And if Jalen Hurts can improve in his processing and how he breaks down the game using his legs and his arm, we're going to be golden. And that's exactly what they've done. So I'll give you that for, for Jalen Hurts. And then Tua. Tua is just exactly what happens. He said it multiple times over the past couple of weeks. That's what happens when you have a coach that believes in you, that speaks life into what you're doing. Um, Mike McDaniel, I had an opportunity to work with Mike when I was in Washington. I know the type of guy that he is. I know the type of confidence that he can instill in a quarterback or any position player. And Tua has made the biggest jump between him and Jalen. And it's because of Mike McDaniel going in there and showing Tua who he really is, giving him weapons, giving him protection, giving him a scheme that fits what he does best not trying to put a square peg in a round hole. So you mentioned both of and I gave you both of the breakdowns for both of them. I said this week, Robert, that if a collective unit could ever get consideration for MVP, it would be the Eagles' offensive line. How much does it help what Jalen Hurts has been able to do, develop into because of that continuity? And, and they're just a dominating offensive line unit. Yeah, they are dominating, and, and they, they kind of feed into who Jalen Hurts is. Right. Everyone looks at the 157 yards rushing by Jalen. And most of those rushing yards came on scrambles. Right. He just scrambled out and he was able to use his legs. And he's able to do that because he's processing better from the from the pocket with his mechanics and throwing the ball on time. His offensive line is protecting him and teams can no longer spy him because of the weapons that they have. Yes, Dallas Goddard's out, but they still got A.J. Brown. They still got Quez Watkins and they still got uh, Devontae Smith. So because of that. Teams don't want to play one-on-one coverage with those guys. I wouldn't want to either. But you say a unit, I would go so far as to say that a guy like Jason Kelsey should be, you know, considered for MVP himself. When I see Kelsey and Hurts together on the field at the end of the game, it's like the biggest bromance I've ever seen in my life, right? Dylan Hurts is sitting there praising uh, Jason Kelsey, saying, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this. Then Kelsey's kind of sitting there, and I don't know if you can really see it, but he's kind of like blushing underneath his beard, <laughs> right? Because he's like, oh, man, this guy, I love this guy. He's showing me praise and love. Uh, but that offensive line, the best in football, 100%. They can do it both ways, whether it's uh, in, the, in the ground game, 
getting to the next level like Kelsey does better than anybody else, or in the passing game, giving Jalen Hurts time to go and make plays. Uh, they have been phenomenal, and they've done it being a little bit banged up. So once they get back to full health, look out. The Eagles are going to be coming for everybody. Speaking of show and love, uh, RG3, you're here on behalf of the Allstate AFCA Good Works team. And how important is it to show love to those guys, those young men who have, have earned that spot on this team? You were on it back in your time, too, as well in college. There you go. That, that's exactly why this partnership between myself and Allstate and the AFCA Good Works team, uh, it really matters to me. Uh, being a part of that, that AFCA Good Works team, I always know that it's always person over player. It's not just what you do on the field. It's what you're doing off the field. And, you know, we, we partnered with the Do Something initiative to get people out there and actually go do something. Right? We want to get a thousand volunteers to get involved in their community. They can do that uh, by going to do something.org backslash good works team and find some of these initiatives that are near and dear, not only to their heart, but also the players that made this team. Guys like Caleb Williams, who has been phenomenal on the field, right? Potential Heisman Trophy winner. But he's also doing great things off the field with his anti-bullying initiative and also bringing awareness to mental health. So from that part of it, this is like one of the, it's not like, this is the most prestigious community award in all of college football. And these guys are joining the ranks with guys like Eli and Peyton Manning, Trevor Lawrence, Emmanuel Acho, among others who have, have championed this award and been, been on this team. So I'm excited because I know the best way to give back to your community isn't always through money. Sometimes it's through time. And the best way to get involved in your community is actually go out and get active in it. So I'm, I'm honored to partner with Allstate on this one and uh, really hoping people can go out there and do something to change this world for the better. RG3, that's a great point that you make there. It's not always about writing a check. It's about giving back. Sometimes your time is more valuable, more important. Appreciate your time and wish you a ton of blessings. Appreciate you, brother. Always a pleasure. Manuel Acho played a few seasons at linebacker with the Browns, the Eagles, and Giants. He's also doing great work now as an analyst for Fox Sports 1. Manuel shares his thoughts on the NFL and his partnership as an investor with Simwin Sports. Two other investors, Ed Madan Guerreri and Sarah Hood, joined me to help explain what is the virtual sports metaverse. Ed, Sarah, Manuel, great to have you. And as we get started, I first need you to explain to me what is sports metaverse? Describe Simwin. So, Ed, Sarah, if you want to, if you want to take this question, describe for me Simwin Sports. Uh, metaverse and what consumers should expect as this gets ready to launch in 2023, which is right around the corner. The simplest form of explanation, really, if you really think about it, is we all sort of grew up. Well, most of us grew up playing um, games, sports games like Madden, uh, and p- picture Madden being a virtual game that's played in the metaverse, but no controls. Take away the controls, and it's actually running on its own. Um, but not really just on itself, but it's team owners and franchises get to sort of dictate which players are put onto the league. Um, and those players essentially are NFTs. So any player getting signed to a team gets to play, but also everyone gets to participate in the process um, and really get to see these games play 24-7. And if you think about the regular league, right, football has a season, it ends, players get tired, uh, players age out. In this scenario, 
there is no end because it's constantly playing within the metaverse and it's and it's virtual. So it really opens up the door to people being involved in that. And of course, the betting side just makes it even more interesting for everyone. Now, fantasy sports market has just blown up in the last few years. I think in 2021, the numbers are $39 billion and, and market revenue is going to exceed $196 billion. Like these, I say these numbers as if they're nothing, $196 billion. They're staggering to me. Uh, they're staggering, I'm sure, to, to you guys. So with, with all these online fantasy platforms, uh, maybe Sarah or, or Ed, what is so special about SimWin that made you guys want to be involved, want to invest? Yeah, the reality is um, sports betting is, is growing. Uh, sports Fantasy sports is growing. Um, gaming is growing. I want to say it was around $70 billion during uh, the pandemic. Uh, it's going to hit somewhere around like 4.3 billion in 2021. Um, this year, it's supposed to hit around just a little over 92 billion dollars in the United States for uh, sports betting globally. It's around 196 million uh, billion dollars. It is a massive, massive market, and no one has tapped into it. And I think one of the things that we loved about Simwin is it's innovative, it's smart, it's um, it's the first of its kind, but it allows us to become the first uh, to to do this. But also, it gives us entrepreneurship. It gives us um, ownership. It gives us uh, ground and ownership and land within the metaverse, which is only growing. Um, it's still, you know, a baby. It's still a toddler. It's it's growing and it hasn't hit its peak yet. Just within the gaming industry alone, and with folks who love sports. It's a massive industry. There's no way you can walk away from it when you have the opportunity as a fan to own a sport, to watch it 365, 24-7. Um, it's just if you are a lover of the NFL and lover of football, like this is for you. And there's obviously a huge market for it. And there's there's no way we, we had to be a part of it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add one last thing to that, too. I mean, if you really think about the people... The people behind creating some of the most legacy sports franchise games of all time that everyone loves are behind this. Um, it's really hard to, to to not look at that and go, these people know what they're doing. They're technologically savvy. They they have the the infrastructures already sort of pre-built from from legacy gaming um, and also from the world of, of sports betting. Um, the team is just incredible. So you look at the team and it's the foundation of that team. And if you think about sports in general, that's where it kind of all happens, right? You first look at the team and you go, can this team make it into and, and, and perform the way that that we think they will? And that's what we all really collectively believed. And then when you think about sort of the other people that are backing these teams, their infrastructure and their history, not only in sports, but also in entrepreneurship and, and investing, uh, it all just makes a lot of sense. And then you look at the market cap of it all and the potential, and it's just a big win. It's great that you mentioned that and the credibility behind the technology side of it and those and those people who are involved. Because for Emmanuel, I wanted to ask you this. When you see guys like Jerry Rice, Marshall Falk, Magic Johnson, Hall of Famers being on board, wanting to be owners, what's your process, first of all, for making these type of decisions? Because I'm sure people are coming to you all the time, right, Emmanuel? Hey, want to get involved in this, get involved in that. So how much does does it help Like when you see these guys, guys who are Hall of Famers, guys who probably go about their decision-making process one way. You know, how much does that play into how you go about it? Yeah, I believe you are the company you keep. And so when you look at the company that's involved with SimWin, and when you look at the company involved currently on this conversation, that kind of tells you that you're in the right spot. 
You know, they say you are the average of the five people closest to you. And so when you look around those names involved and invested um, in more ways than one with Simwin, it was really a no brainer. Like you want to be in fiscal places that Magic Johnson is in. Like you want to be making business decisions that Jerry Rice might be making because these are legends on the field. But I would argue that Magic Johnson's career off the field has superseded his Hall of Fame career on the basketball court. So, yeah, it was a truly a no-brainer when you start to see those names. Honestly, you're just like, they let me in here? Um, that's, that's really how you start to view. Before we turn it over and start talking about football, and, and tell me a little bit about Moon Ultra. Yeah, so Moon is 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 one of those things that I think is going to be a game changer in the industry of tech and consumer. Uh, and I'm really proud of my team and the people that came together. So Moon, Moon Ultra is a brand for content creators. Uh, our first product is the Moon Ultra Light. Uh, right now we have the Moon Ultra Light 2 that's available. And we're just going to shape the way people create content through creating products um, that light them and make them look their absolute best when they're creating any sort of content, mobile or on your phone, on your laptop, on your tablet. Um, and right now we're in an epic time where we're about to make some pretty crazy announcements around the milestones we've hit as a as a company. So uh, truly excited. I'm excited that, you know, uh, my team members here uh, and Simwin are also part of that journey in Moon uh, and a lot more exciting things to come. So uh, I'm looking forward to the next setup so we can talk about that. <laughs> I love that. So it would make content creators look a little bit better. And what, so basically I need it right now because what this well, I, I, I was going to say, I, I was going to say something earlier, but I was like, let me not, you know, put you on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. So make sure you keep me posted. Uh, Emmanuel, I just want to talk a little bit of football. I saw an interesting conversation today you were having with, uh, I, I guess, Sherman was involved, Richard Sherman, Andrew Whitworth. You guys talk about defensive player of the year. Michael Parsons and what he's done has had some voters talking to me, hey, you know, may, may, maybe he's an MVP candidate too. And I go, hey, you can vote for whoever you, you want to vote for for MVP. And we've changed the whole format of that. How do you look at defensive player of the year? I think defensive player of the year is somebody who transcends a position, somebody who isn't just great at what they do, but makes everybody else great around them. Um, Nick Bosa is the best pass rusher in football, said that clearly. I think Micah Parsons is a better defensive player because the impact Parsons has on the whole defense. If I'm not mistaken, the Cowboys are on pace for 50 or 60 sacks, one of only three teams that have done that in the history of the National Football League. If Micah Parsons is not balling, those around him are also balling. Um, the Cowboys without Micah Parsons defensively, what in the world would they be? Meanwhile, as we all know, the Niners still have an all-pro linebacker and Hufunga who is well on his way to being a Pro Bowler caliber player at safety. So it's not taking anything away from Nick Bosa. And I think in this day and age, people on social media, particularly when you praise someone, they assume you're knocking another. Um, I think Parsons is a better defensive player. I think Bosa is a better pass rusher. Two things can be true. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I can't have a conversation with you this season without asking you about your former team, the Philadelphia Eagles, being right now off to an 11-1 and start. Uh, I think a lot of people had them being a playoff team, maybe winning the division, and, and having a shot to compete in Jet. Right now, they're they're looking at it as a number one seed, a team with very few flaws, and a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Why do you think they're in that position? Jalen Hurts doesn't make mistakes. He's made one. <laughs> he's made one mistake that's cost his team this season against the Jacksonville Jags. 
you throw the pass behind Zach Paschal, it gets intercepted. Now he atoned for his mistake because they went down 14-0, they end up winning the game. But the other two interceptions he has on the season, if you recall, one hit A.J. Brown in both hands against the Commanders. Commanders pick it off. Another one hits his running back, uh, Gainwell, number 14, in both hands on a screenplay. It gets picked off. Hurts doesn't make mistakes. And people think that football games are won, but listen to Bill Belichick. He says more football games are lost than are won. Jalen Hurts does not lose games. Now, he can also go win games, but he doesn't lose them. So the Eagles are so good because Hurts, he's having a historically clean season. He just doesn't make mistakes. I think the big... The difference in Jalen's performance this year was last year, the Eagles won with him. They were able to win games by running the football and his ability to run the football was a big part of that equation, but they won with him. They didn't win because of him. Now they're winning because of him. How do you think he's taken that leap? And where do you put him in that MVP conversation? Now he's first. You know, last week I said he was second behind Mahomes, and I thought Tua would jump him had Tua beat the Dolphins and played well. Now he's first. Mahomes lost, Tua lost. It's clear. If you can have substantially more wins than everybody else, which right now he has. He only has, he has 11 wins. Mahomes now has three losses, so I believe Mahomes has nine wins, and Tua, clearly he's been hurt, amongst other things. Hurts is first in the MVP conversation. And the only way he loses his first place ranking is if he loses games. Once he loses games, then you realize, oh, Mahomes has better numbers. Mahomes makes more wow plays. But the most wow number of them all is wins. What do you make of the Minnesota Vikings? Because they're they're a team with only two losses, two blowout losses. But they find ways to win close games. They're leading their division. They're going to win that division. They got a shot at the number one seed, most likely going to be a two. Yet they go into a game this week in Detroit against a team who was one and six, now is uh, six and seven or whatever. They're still a losing team as an underdog. They're an under- So that, that tells you what Vegas thinks of them. What do you make of them? I have close friends on the Vikings, so it's hard for me to answer this question honestly. <laughs> um, I believe that the Vikings are. Um, uh, I won't say they're imposters, but they're not for real. And the only reason I say that is like, you can't lose 40 to three. You just can't. You just can't. Not only can you not lose 40 to three, you can't go to Philly and look like you don't want to be there. And I think Vikings players will tell you as well. Like it just, it can't happen. When you think about the Eagles on a bad day, lost to the commanders by what, maybe nine the Chiefs on a bad day, lost to the Bills on the last possession, lost to the Colts on the last possession, lost to the Bengals because of the Bengals' last possession. Like, on bad days, how good are you? My co-host LaShawn McCoy said, how does she look with no makeup on in the first thing in the morning? Like, how does she look on her bad days? And the Vikings on their bad days, they look bad. People only think it's about how good can you play. That's not true. The question is, when you are bad, how good are you still? Usain Bolt, the reason he was so good was because even when he was bad, he was still better than everybody else. So the Vikings concern me because when they're bad, they are awful. Shady would say that. Shady would make that analogy. Doesn't doesn't surprise me. It's a great one. Hey, guys, listen, I appreciate your time. I'm excited to uh, see exactly what Simwin's going to do. So, Ed. Sarah, Emmanuel, really appreciate it and and look forward to uh, seeing everything unfold. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
back to the AP Pro Football Podcast. The four pack is 28-23-1 after a 3-1 week. Let's start in Dallas. The Cowboys are 16 and a half point favorites against the Texans. It's a big number, but I saw Houston up close last week. They're even worse in person. The Cowboys put 54 points up against the Colts. They won't need that many to cover this one. Cowboys, 34 10. Next, let's go to Detroit. The 5-7 and seven Lions are 2.5-point favorites against 10-2 and two Minnesota. The level of disrespect the Vikings are getting from odds makers is astonishing. A 10-2 and two team is actually an underdog against a 5-7 and seven club. The Vikings are easily much better than the Lions, but this line says go with Detroit. So, Lions, 27-23. For my upset special, Tampa Bay is a 3.5-point underdog at San Francisco. Tom Brady saved the Buccaneers again Monday night. He grew up going to Candlestick Park, rooting for Joe Montana and the Niners. Brock Purdy filled in nicely for Jimmy Garoppolo last week, but now there's actually some tape on him. The Bucs have the least creative offense in the NFL, but they do have Brady, and the Bay Area is home for him. So this one means a lot to the GOAT. Buccaneers, 19-16. For my best bet, Seattle is a three and a half point favorite at home against four and eight Carolina. Geno Smith is an MVP candidate, and the Seahawks are legit playoff contenders. The small number is a small concern. I thought the Seahawks would be at least a six point favorite. They're not. Still, Seahawks 24 16. For more insight and predictions on every game, check out Pro Picks on APNews.com. Time for some final thoughts. I had an opportunity on Monday night to take my daughters to their first ever NFL game. My wife, Remy, also came. First NFL game for her, first Bucks game. Now, my twins are nine years old, and they have been wanting to go see the Bucks and Tom Brady, but I can never take them to games because I'm always covering them. I, I flew home after being in Houston for the Deshaun Watson return. And I said, you know what? On Monday, this is probably going to be my only opportunity. And I was able to do it. It ended up being a game they'll never forget. You know how it played out. Brady and the Bucks come back, score two touchdowns in the final three minutes and win that game. They had a blast. The Buccaneers fans, absolutely, in that section were awesome. They embraced them. One guy behind us screaming. I posted a video. They go, oh, it was all about the twins. They did it. Guys in front of us getting them, trying to get souvenirs that were being thrown uh, out into the stand. So it was really awesome, an incredible experience. And and they left there after having been to Disney now a few times saying this was better than Disney, which is as a dad to hear that there's nothing better, better than Disney going to an NFL game. So I loved it. It was awesome. And my point is this dad's out there Find time to make forever memories with your kids. I know we all work, but so many of us are workaholics, and I've always been, but it was my birthday on Monday, and I it's my first one without my dad, and I wanted to make do something special with my kids, so it was awesome. So find time to make forever memories with your kids because it is the greatest feeling in the world. That's it for this week. Thank you to RG3 and Emmanuel Acho, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague, Ralph Russo, in his AP Top 25 college football podcast. Until next week, I'm Rob Motti, reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. (laughs) 